this year on the Habs Forum. You know, no point saying this week. We haven't done a weekly podcast in about a month. So this year on the Habs Forum, we got uh, got some hockey to talk about. Canadians uh, just were recording this on the 1st of January. They just lost 5-2 to the Florida Panthers. Honestly, considering the situation, a pretty respectable effort, even though it's a pretty lopsided score. But 5-2. Uh, three losses in a row since coming back from the, the four games that got postponed. I mean, the, the season is what it is at this point. Uh, we're we're going to talk about, of course, the year that was the crazy highs mixed with the crazy lows. Uh, and then uh, I mean, there's been some rumors about who's going to get interviewed for the GM job. Uh, I mean, a lot of the names we expected, but now we kind of have we know who is getting interviewed. So a lot of interesting stuff to uh, to cover there. A certain draft pick from last year that definitely made the news is being reinstated. Uh, so there's some to talk about there and just trade rumors and all that type of stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, and first of all, just to, to cover why we've been so long. I mean, honestly, there, there's been postponement in, in, in the NHL. I was sick for two weeks. I mean, a lot of stuff happened. Hey, we try to be more more steady with our videos, but I think most fans like us aren't as excited about this Habs team as uh uh, we're, we're all aware of the season, but we're going to try to be better. You know, there's 12 days between, before there is a, another game, but who knows? Maybe that means there's going to be a move before then. Of course, we'll record a podcast if that happens. Uh, first, Dustin, let's just talk about the game that we just watched. I mean, 5-2 against the Panthers. First of all, I can't believe the NHL. Like, I don't care. Like, if the Canadians right now were competing for a playoff spot, like, the season was a different situation. And, like, we've seen games get postponed for less, I feel like. Like, I don't really care, and I'm sure you don't either, considering the season and whatever the kids are playing and we expect to lose, it's not a big deal. But if the Canadians were fighting for a playoff spot, like, they were two players short. They're icing a full AHL team, basically, aside from a few players. Like, how was this game not postponed today? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a good question. But, I mean, I, I, from what I understand, from what I've seen, like, uh, you know, on, on Twitter, there's a lot of tweets bouncing around about it. It seems like the, the discussion was had. And I think the Canadians basically said, let's just go ahead with it. You know, I think they, they know that, first of all, like you just said, they're not playing. Their next game is January 12th. Yeah. So, I think you know, they just want to get this game over with. And then they can, you know, really worry about getting healthy afterwards. Um, you know, obviously doesn't mean much to the Canadians. Um, you know, you, you would think that maybe like some of the other teams that are fighting Florida for that top spot would be like, well, what the hell? They're basically yeah. an AHL team. Yeah, um, yeah. So you, could, you, you could see maybe other teams like Toronto, for example, and, and, and you know, maybe Tampa Bay getting kind of mad about that. But, uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, like heading into this game, like you said, I mean, first of all, they're down two players. Yeah. They're basically like most of the players are basically AHL players. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, a 5-2 loss, but honestly, all things considered, I mean, a pretty solid Dude, effort. But the, the, the sad thing, honestly, is like that, that first period, it, it, it was a better period than what we've seen from this team early in the year when the full lineup was playing, right? Like, And, and also, down two players, and Cedric Paquette went down early, and I, I think he may have tried to come back at one point, but he ended up like leaving for the game. So so basically, down two forwards and, and down one defenseman, like your top pairing is Brett Kulak and... And David Savard, which I, I think everyone can agree wasn't the greatest signing, you know, like, and, and Kulag is, is definitely not a first pairing defenseman, you know, the the first line with Suzuki and Dwayne, like, at least, 
legitimate kind of first line got going there, and Yulon on 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 the right there has been pretty solid. But I mean, that's I mean, regardless of the fact that they're missing players, the players that are playing is just I mean, it's crazy. I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. It's 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 unbelievable. God, it's it is crazy. I mean, like first of all, the Canadians even before this whole COVID thing were dealing with just a ridiculous yeah. amount of yeah. injury, and now they have. I mean, I. I think there's 11 players right now that are on the COVID list for yeah. the half, something like that. Actually, I think even 13 now because of Evans and Romanov. Yeah, I think so you're right, yeah. It's just crazy. But, I mean, uh, and sort of like like you were saying, I mean, it's the beginning of the year, you know, what we saw, I mean, obviously the Canadians right off the bat were awful this season. Yeah. Uh, and one of the th- – and, and the, the things – it was really the most disappointing a lot of the time was the effort that we were yeah. seeing from abs. But at least, I mean, you know, the last couple of games, the last three games really, yeah, they lost. Um, you know, they were, they were outplayed for the, even, I mean, they had some really good moments today against the lightning. They've, probably should have won that game against yeah. Carolina. They were completely outplayed, but I mean, at least we saw sustained effort the whole time. Yeah. I mean, you know, these kids know that, I mean, this is a chance that they probably were not a lot of these players, you know, probably were not going to play in the NHL at any point this season. We, we saw Cam Hillis in, in 12 yard earlier this year. Like he, he did not expect to play in the NHL this year. I don't think so. No, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, certainly him, you know, guys like Corey Schooneman, uh, Michael McNiven on the bench, unfortunately hasn't got the chance to play, but you know, I mean, a lot of these guys definitely were not expected to play in the NHL. And they know this is, this is their opportunity. They, that, some of these guys will probably never get this opportunity again. So, and you, and you see it. I mean, they're they're giving it. They're all out there. And I mean, there has been a lot of these young guys that you know. I mean, some of the guys like uh, Harvey Pinal, Lucas Vedemo, even Corey Schooneman. I mean, they've really sort of seized this opportunity. And you know, if they can hopefully you know play, get in a couple more games, I mean, who knows? This is really their shot to establish it, themselves as NHL players, be it with the Canadians or you know potentially with another team down the road. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's been more interesting for me because it's been hard to, uh, I mean, I'm sure you can guess from the lack of episodes, like it's been hard to stay excited or motivated for, for this this Habs season. But honestly, since they've come back these last three games, I've, I've been more interested in watching the games than I had been for the previous month or so, just because, I mean, we're not expecting to win, but at least see what the, these guys can, can do. Is there a diamond in the rough? I mean, Michael Pizzetta is a blast to watch. I mean, I'd keep him on, on the fourth line forever. I mean, regardless of who comes back, just those types of, like I was watching the TSN broadcast and Pierre Lebron gave him a hard time for, um, going for a fight when the team was already down two players. Plus at this point, Cedric Paquet had already been injured and left the game. And he was like, Oh, you should, you should recognize where you are in the game and all that. I'm like, look, look, like I get what Lebron is saying. And I, and I have plenty of respect for Pierre Lebron, but like, dude, like, let the fans have some fun things to cheer for. I enjoy seeing Michael Pizzetta drop the gloves. Like, it, it, it's at least it's fun, you know? Let, let's have some fun with the rest of the season with the way it is. So it, it's it's great to see those players playing. And and like you said, the guys you named are really the one. Javi Pinal, I mean, if anyone has earned a shot with the last few years, the effort he's put in, I mean, you love seeing him get his opportunity. A guy like Sammy Niku too, getting a real chance. Like he, he, he had some really like bright spots today. I think he's been looking pretty solid. Definitely like someone who can be, you know, moving forward. He should be able to get a contract. I think in the NHL at the very least as a team's seventh defenseman guys like that, you know, really stepping up. I would love to see McNiven get a start though. I don't, 
know why he hasn't yet. I'm sure he's asking himself the same question too, but you know. Yeah, I was really disappointed that he didn't get, because obviously, I mean, he's probably, by the time, you know, the Canadians play again, the 12th, I would imagine that they're probably going to have Moltambo and and probably Jake Allen in there. Um, But McNiven's probably not going to get that chance. But yeah, I was was pretty, like, I knew obviously Moltambo was going to be playing tonight, well, this afternoon, because obviously it's Florida, the team that drafted him. But uh, yeah, I was pretty disappointed that he didn't get to start against Carolina. Um, I thought that would have been pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's too bad. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, a lot of these young guys, Harvey Pinard, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's been fantastic in Laval since being a seventh-round pick. You know, definitely a, a, a dark horse to ever make the NHL. And, and he's making the best of, all, of his yeah. opportunity. Jesse Alonin, too. I mean, he's looking like he could potentially be, um, you know, an, an NHLer right now doing a good job on that third line. So, um, or, or in the top nine, I should say, uh, in the last couple of games. So, I mean, he, he's been very good. I mean, th- yeah, and definitely Sammy Miku. I mean, you know, he's, he, he's, he's one of those guys that he can contribute a lot offensively, but in his defensive zone, he can, uh, he can make a brain fart every once in a while. But, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's what the Canadians have needed really the last couple of years. A 100%. And, you know, I mean, he's obviously not, uh, not a top two guy, but he can definitely be in that top six, top seven worst case. Well, absolutely. And ideally, the thing with a guy like Sammy Niku is that he's playing with a guy that could be like the shutdown guy stand, like standing next to him. But the problem is right now, there isn't really much of anything uh, to, to surround the players by. And as great as the effort was in the first, I think no one expect, watching this expect them, them, the Canadians, not to, to, to kind of just... The Panthers were obviously going to take over uh, late in the game, but you know it's, it was good to see the effort. And, and to not just focus on the kids, too, it's nice to see uh, Nick Suzuki... Just consistently being game in and game out. When he's in, he's one of the best guys on the ice every game. He, he and he's not kind of like, you know, he's not like putting his shoulder. The season is, is is it's a rough season, but he's not putting his shoulders down and moping or whatever. He's still playing his game. He had that moment today where I don't know how he got the the penalty f- off of um, of Barkov. That was that was no, quite the the call by the ref. But I mean, you gotta love. Uh, like he's still really young and for him to be able to do that type of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to see. I, I I'd like to see the same a little bit more offensively from, from Caulfield, who's probably been one of the more disappointing uh, aspects. Not that he's been a horrible, but it's, it's just every game. I'm just, there's these opportunities and I hope to see him score, but at least we're seeing it from Suzuki. And obviously it was great to see the score today again, too. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, uh, yeah, that's one thing about Suzuki. You know, he, he definitely got off to a slow start this season, but you know he's he's uh, he's maybe not putting up the same amount of points that we'd like to see him put up, but uh, but you know I mean it, obviously this season it is what it is. He's he's not a, he's not exactly playing with the most skilled players either right right now at this no, point. Exactly. You know and 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 I think that's the same thing with Caulfield. You know Caulfield's the kind of guy that I I mean it, at least not at the NHL level he's not going to be able to do it himself. He needs you know support on his line. He'll I'm, I'm sure I still have a lot of confidence that he'll he'll you know in the next. The next couple of years that he can become that 30 goal scorer. Um, but you know, he's not, and with the they, they, they mentioned yeah. it today. His birthday is tomorrow and he's tw- turning 21. I think it's good for the fan base to remind themselves of that 21. A lot of guys aren't even in the NHL at this point, you know, every, and not just Habs fans, but I think everybody league wide had put a lot of pressure on him at the beginning yeah. of the year. You know, he was, he was by far the favorite to win the Calder trophy. And obviously that didn't pan out too well, but yeah. You know, I, I, I have a lot of confidence in him. I know he's going to bounce back. And, 
you know, maybe I not just, just for the sake of the kid. I just, I like today when you have that like half breakaway opportunity, just even to get like a good shot off or something. Cause at this point it's been, I mean, I'm looking at the stats in the last month and he hasn't scored is over nine games. Like you, you just, you, you don't want him to go over, get s- such long stretches without a goal. Uh, ideally, you know? Yeah, but, you know, we, we've seen already, just based on last year's playoffs, you know, what he can do at the NHL level. And, you know, unfortunately, sure. it's happened this season. I mean, I, for the most part, most of this, most of the Montreal Canadiens have been pretty disappointing this season. So, of he's course. Yeah. Once. yeah, no, of course. But he, he was the one thing that we were hoping would be the bright spot for uh, for uh, for this season. But uh, anyways, I mean, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. And it, but these are the guys that we were, we're going to keep tuning in for to 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 want to watch. Hopefully uh, in the next 12 days, we have some people coming back. I mean, part of the reason I want some people to come back at this point is so we can get the the trade rumors going, because I don't know if teams are going to be hesitant to kind of. Make trades for. I mean, if someone's on the COVID protocol, you should think it's okay. But they, they, it was brought up today. I mean, obviously the big piece uh, on the trade market for the Canadians is, is Ben Sherratt, and uh, I think it was Pierre LeBrun again. He brought it up in the intermission that the Florida Panthers are actually one of the teams that uh, are likely to be interested in, in, in Sherratt, but he expects uh, up to six, seven teams to show interest in Sherratt. So I, I'm kind of excited for that part of the season to, to get going, see some moves starting. Kind of, finally, see, it's been a month under Jeff Gorton, but really, I mean, I understand why, like no, nothing much has happened, but I'm kind of excited to see those first few moves so we really get an idea of, you know, who we have. I know he's not technically the G- GM, but like he's kind of running the ship until he does hire a GM, you know? That's, I mean, and that's definitely going to be the, the, the most exciting part of the Habs season moving forward now is yeah. is what kind of assets can we get back for some of these guys? Obviously, Ben Sherratt is is sort of the big guy. And, and I think even on the TSN trade board, they had it up, uh, I think, maybe a week or two. He was, if I'm not mistaken, he was a top guy on the trade board at this point. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there's necessarily that many sellers at the dead at the deadline. But uh, I definitely think there's going to be a lot of teams that are that are buyers, and yeah, they, I mean they're they're going to be able to to get a good return for Sherrod, considering that you know he's there's not too many guys like him. I mean he was he was obviously a big pretty big player for the Canadians Cup run last season, so he's going to be definitely in demand, and the Canadians are going to get a pretty solid return for him for sure. You know, I'm, I'm not too sure that the Canadians necessarily have other too many other guys that they'll be able to move for the deadline, but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what we can get back for sure. I mean, we already starting to see on uh, some people throwing out some rumors on Twitter about, uh, about Carey price and whether or not he could be moved. I don't know if a GM does make a move unless he comes back and they see games from him though is, is, is the big thing. But uh, I mean, in a hypothetical world, would you be, would you be into the idea of absorbing fifty percent of his salary for for the rest of his contract? That's that's five million over the next like what, four seasons up to this year. That's a long time to have like five million in kind of dead cap on on your team. But if the if if the return is is right, it could, it could be huge. Yeah, that's definitely a lot of money, man. <laughs> Especially when you don't know who knows really what's what exactly is going to happen with the cap over the next few years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's probably not going to. I mean, I I think they said that it is going to go up by a couple of million, but you know, not as much as it usually would. So, man, that's that would be a big like. I, I don't. Do you, you think know, this team is going to be truly competitive in the next four years, anyways? Well, I mean, uh, that would be the that would be the hope. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, it's tough it's, to it's, it's, it's going to be a while before this team is. I, I think the, there's a few years of uh, of kind of rebuilding that has to be done here. If if the team's at the point that they're moving past a guy like Carey Price, they're at least two three years removed from being competitive. I think. No, no, that's true. Um, but I mean, it's sort of like what you were touching on. I don't necessarily think that a team would move for Carey Price at this point before yeah. he actually were were to return. Because um, yeah, that that would be tough to you know take on that big of a contract for that long. Now, I know if they obviously if the Habs you know were taking on taking on fifty percent of the contract, that might be a different story. But even then, you know, I mean, are you obvi- obviously you're, if you're going out and getting Carey Price, you're a contender. Do you really want to bring him in when you're not? I mean, he hasn't played in like however many months. Well, I mean, the, key, the team that gets brought up constantly is the Edmonton Oilers, right? And if you're the Edmonton Oilers, you, you gotta really go for it with the roster you have, right? You gotta go for it with, uh, like, 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 um, Jesus Christ, McDavid and, and Drysaddle and all that. Like, you gotta go for it. That makes a lot of sense to me. Like, if I'm an Oilers fan, like, look, Price had it. Um, like the last time he played hockey, he was incredible. He had a monstrous run in the playoffs. He clearly wants to win. And now he's been resting and he's proven like the the last time he had this much rest was before before when COVID happened and he he had another great run there like he he does great with rest and obviously you'd want to have to kind of have a, a talk with him because like like who knows with the price situation if he still wouldn't be playing if the if the Canadian season was going in a different direction right like we don't know much about exactly what's going on with Price I don't think anyone expected him to be gone for this long. At this point, has he does he does, did he figure there's no point in coming back now? Like like I don't know. So it, 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 since we don't know all the information, it, it's hard to, to to make that decision. But it, it's not that hard of a trade to make with with the Oilers, right? Like you, you swallow half the salary cap. Kuskinen is four point five million this year. So the, those two pieces, though, they can send him to us as, so as, to, to relieve cap cap room, and that that alone, then you can basically fit price salary in there. If they're willing to send us one of their one of their top prospects, uh, uh, I'm down. I'm, I'm definitely I'm yeah. willing to do that for sure. Yeah, no, it is definitely something that could make some sense, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure they love Ben Sherrod at the same time too. So yeah. Price and uh, Price and Sherrod over there, and. And I mean, you know, we'd be taking on Koiskin in two. So, yeah, you, it, we definitely have to get some pretty solid prospects and pieces back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's I mean, I don't know. They have the prospects there. And you got to think that, that 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 group, that management group in Edmonton, know they have to go for it. And the, 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 this that that city is desperate for for a win, and it's really the main piece that's missing. You know, they're still lacking a bit on defense too. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not like Carey Price did these like crazy performances in front of the a top defense in in the NHL either, right? So we 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 know Price can do well under a kind of a, a lacking defense group, and I don't know, it makes sense to me. Maybe I should give the Oilers GM a call and explain to him why it's the right move. Because and here's the thing too, I've always liked the Oilers personally. They like when I was a kid. I don't know about you, but I always had like a West Coast team that I because I'd stay up on Saturdays to watch the, the West Coast game. And the Oilers are always who I rooted for. I loved Ryan Smith and all that. Like they had those great runs against Dallas. So personally, as a fan, like wherever Carey Price goes, if he does get traded, I think the majority of the fan base in Montreal will root for him. 
and I'd love to be able to root for him in an Oilers jersey. I think that'd be that'd be a great for the next four years. He he's playing with uh, with McDavid and and Drysaddle and that and they're they're going for a cup run. I mean, I, if he can't lift it up in Montreal, and at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. But within the next like three four years, I want to see Price lift the cup somewhere else. And oh. I think this is his best opportunity, either here or maybe Colorado is the other one that's been thrown out there. But uh, I, I'd love to see it. I, I hope it happens as much as I miss Price because I want Price to lift a cup. Yeah, no, I de- definitely he he's one of the guys that, uh, you know, if, if I think who do I want to see win a cup, he, he he's definitely number one with Gallagher, I guess, being a close second. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, th- I think it definitely makes a lot of sense. Again, I mean, do would the Oilers want to take him on considering he hasn't played in, uh, in yeah. a bunch of months? But, Who knows? But, I mean, like you said, yeah, it, it, it definitely does make a whole lot of sense. Obviously, that is sort of the one piece that's missing for them. And and I think Ben Sherratt would be um, a pretty solid upgrade to their defense. Yeah. Well, I, I, a few weeks ago, the Oilers GM, I forget his name, he literally said in an interview that they're looking to add – a uh, goaltender and a left defenseman. Like he, like it's, it's like he was talking to the Canadians directly. <laughs> I mean, like the, those we have those pieces, and I, I really think that add those two pieces of the Oilers without taking away any of their their their, their, their primary roster players, and that becomes uh, a competitive team. You know, and they they had a great start. They've fallen off late, lately. Now they're almost fighting for a playoff spot. But uh, I don't know. I think it's a team that will be w- willing to make that move. And if if the Canadians can get some top prospects. That's the thing. If the Canadians add a few picks and like one or two top prospects, plus there's going to be the first round pick this year, which is likely going to be a top five pick. Then all of a sudden, like this this year that's been so horrible, quickly could it be like turned around in the next few years if you add the right pieces, add the right players to build around Suzuki and Caulfield and Romanov, you know? Yeah, man. If we have a bad year again next year, maybe we get Connor Bedard. I mean, yeah, that would turn it around pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, it would. It would. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to think about these things because it just never happens. You know, it's just you'd love to see it happen, but it just seems like it never does. I truly believe the Canadians almost like, like for a second there. I truly believe they're gonna get Lafreniere. Not that he's. You know, Torn, torn the league, league apart since uh, since he's joined the NHL, anyways. But uh, I, I try not to hope too much. Like now, I try to focus more, you know, on the top five. You know, like l- let's look at the top five. There's 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 five. Like everyone's saying, the top ten even in this draft is is going to be amazing. And at this point, there's basically no chance. Like the worry that we had that the Canadians were going to go on a run, and then because uh, as as we know that the pick is top ten protected. Uh, it, it's it's all it's it's almost impossible at this point. And the Canadians are, are are second last in the NHL right now. Uh, only Arizona is uh, is worse than them. But then at the same time, Arizona has four games in hand on them and three points behind. So the Canadians could could pass like quote unquote Arizona as as the worst team. And and then after that, the, the thing with the Canadians not really losing that many games compared to other teams because for some reason our our games aren't getting canceled is. It just points percentage wise, like the Canadians are like, it's we're almost guaranteed a top three pick at this point this this year, and that, I mean that that's at least something to be excited about. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's uh, one positive to look forward to. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it, obviously we're we're seeing a lot of the young kids right now, so it 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 is making these games a little bit more exciting to watch at this point. Um, you know, I mean, it's sort of seeing what we have um, coming up through the pipeline. 
And, you know, I mean, it's going to be exciting to see. I mean, I, I don't think Ben Sherratt's going to necessarily be the only guy that gets moved. He 100%, 110% is going to get moved. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, maybe maybe a couple of these other guys get moved and uh, and hopefully we get back some, some additional picks, um, you know, maybe some some young prospects too. So it's, it's, it's good. It, you know, there's definitely positives to, to, to watch out for in the, in the coming weeks and months. And uh, speaking of the coming weeks, I mean, it's something I think we're all excited for at this point is to know who the next GM is going to be. I mean, who knows if it'll even be announced uh, this this year. Uh, I mean, it will be enough this year, but I mean, this before the end of this season. But uh, Renaud Lavoie, who's obviously one of the main insiders for the Canadians, did uh, write on the 29th of December, so just a few days ago, that there was a list of eight candidates that will be inter- interviewed for the position. All names that we expect to see, but like uh, I'll read we read them out quickly. The, the, there was one main name that's missing, unfortunately, who was the guy we were hoping for when we talked about it last time. But the names are Patrick Roy, Daniel Briard, Mathieu Darche, Marc Denis, Daniel Sauvageau, Emilie Castonguay, Kent Hughes, and Stéphane Quintal. Pretty much all names. Like we had heard already that a few women were going to get interviewed, so there's no surprise there. Uh, Quintal, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean... He, he like he does player safety, which everyone agrees is is terribly run in the NHL. Anyways, um, I mean, but the the main names really are Huabriar and Dash, Mount Denis. We all love him on on RDS. I don't know if he really has a has a shot here. And and Kent Hughes is a name that kind of showed up in the last. I don't know if we talked about him when we did the podcast, but it's, it's been brought up a bit more. He's he's a player agent that does have some connections with uh, with Jeff Gorton, so maybe maybe that's why he's being interviewed. I, I'd be surprised. If after hiring a guy with the name Jeff Gorton, the GM that's hired has a name Kent Hughes, which is horrible because he is a Montrealer, he's a Quebecer, like it doesn't matter what his name is, but you know, just unfortunately, realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, Anna, yeah. who do you think? Who do you think is hired from that list? Assuming that it's going to be one of those people, which probably will be. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, well, obviously d- disappointing that Martin Madden's not on yeah. the, on that list there. Um, I don't, I don't know if that, if, if that's the reason that, you know, obviously we're sort of in during the season right now, maybe they can't necessarily interview all the candidates they want to interview, including Madden. I'm pretty um, sure Anaheim can stop it. Like, like they have to agree to, to let him talk to us. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I mean, you would think they'd be more likely in the off season and not like during the season. Right. Um, sure. so you know, that's, I mean, I would think that maybe there'd be more options. And obviously there's no rush to do this either. I think maybe the best move at this point would be to wait till the offseason. But yeah. if we're really talking about this list, I mean, obviously, I mean, the big concern for me here is that there's not a whole lot of experience on that yeah. list. Um, really, I mean, to me, the the one guy that really has any experiences is Messier Dash, who's been the assistant GM, I believe, the last two years. I, mean, I, know, I know he's not your pick, but Patrick Roy has experience. Like if we're gonna talk about who has the most experience, like he, he had a few years in Colorado. Like he, even though he was primarily a coach, you know he he's been within that 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 universe. Dash is there too, but he's a young guy. Wa probably has the most experience on this list. I don't know if Wa was a G. He was a coach, obviously. Yeah, sure, but still, he's he's has more like NHL like years of NHL experience. I don't know. Yes. I know you yes, hate Wa. I know it's like your worst case scenario. Is Wa like your worst case scenario on this list? No, probably, probably no. not. 
I mean, I'd, I'd rather him than some of the other than the other candidates that have absolutely no NHL experience yeah. whatsoever, um, or GM experience or anything like that for that for that matter. Um, but no, nah, again, I mean, I've said it so many times before. Patrick Watt to me is just like too emotional of a guy. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I don't think that he definitely wouldn't be my guy. I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't be super confident with any of the people on this list. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the fact that Jeff Gordon's there is is boosts the confidence a little bit more. Is, See, that that that's what helps, right? Because if if it is a younger, like if I were to guess, if I were to put money on it, it's it's between Briard and Dash for the the GM position, and then one of the other people is probably going to be assistant GM. Like my, like my guess is either Briard or Dash are going to be GM, and and. Uh, and one of uh, Sauvage or Castonguay is going to be assistant GM. I think is what uh, what's going to happen. But yeah, has that connection to Jeff Gordon. But I think Matthew Dash is of this list who most people would want. You know, with what with, he has the experience, like in Tampa Bay last few years, a couple cups and all that. I think that's who. It's, I think that's who I would want. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that Dash makes uh, makes the most sense out of, out of out of the people on that list. Um, you know, he's he's going to be obviously. I mean, Jeff Gordon's going to have a have a big say in in sort of grooming him at this point. Um, you know, Dan- Daniel Briac also makes some sense, obviously, because yeah, he, ha- he has that connection to uh, to Jeff Gordon when he was the ECHL uh, with the GM of the ECHL team, uh, the Maine Mariners. When he well, he's still the, the the GM of the Maine Mariners, but now they're in the Boston organization. He was. Now, well, he was the the GM of that team when Jeff Gordon was the GM of the uh, of the Rangers. So uh, obviously, you know, they have that sort of connection there. But uh, I mean, some of the other guys, like Mark, I love Mark Denny. I love him on RDS. I don't know what sort of experience he really has. I mean, to, to, I, like to to me, the big thing is that like I feel like anyone that, that gets this job should have some sort of experience in in an in an well, especially in the NHL front office. Like I know. Yeah. Briere doesn't necessarily have that, but he does have it in the ECHL. He's been in an NHL organization in a GM sort of role. Because, I mean, uh, you know, being the GM of the Montreal Canadiens isn't an entry-level job. You yeah. Know? So, you know, even like a guy like Kane Hughes, I, I don't believe he has any sort of experience aside, obviously, from being a GM. Same thing with Emily Castonguay. She's also... You mean being a, uh, uh, an being, agent? Yeah, player agent. Uh, Danielle Savageau, I mean, she's I've, I, she's working with, a, I believe, a... A university team so i mean i don't really see how that qualifies her to be the gm of the montreal canadians um and and again if Mac- we're talking nhl experience it's between dash and roi and then like i i get your point like I, I like to make jokes about it but like like the the reason we like the jeff gorton hire is because he's kind of be able to to mold whoever is the gm and that's not going to be roi I, th- I think dash is the most logical like solution here like assuming he, he wants the job and everything uh, like if i had to put money on it I'd be surprised if if it's from these people that Dash isn't the one that ends up with the job. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think basically, you know, sort of what, what you were saying before, what's going to happen is that Dash is going to be the GM. And I think uh, Emily Castonguay, who's uh, was apparently like a rising star sort of in like the in the agent ranks, you know, I, th- I think she could end up being the assistant GM and, and maybe the GM of the Rocket. So, you know, I, I think, you know, they'd give us obviously a young team. But I mean, Gordon would, would probably be have a significant say in a lot See, of yeah, that's the thing jeff gordon being there is what makes me more comfortable with, with yeah. that like having these like low experience kind of people being there so but i think though those two make the the absolutely the the most sense and and because the, the thing is is that like we 
I get the whole idea of no no experience. We, we'd like to have more experience. But at the same time, I get annoyed of always having like this – All it's always the same people. It's always – you know, in the NHL, they get jobs and all that. And, and, and they, they kind of have – you know, it's all these people that, that are stuck in their old ways and, and they, they can't adapt to the way the NHL is adapting and all that. I, I'm not against the idea of having younger blood at all. Like I, I like having people that have a little bit less experience, maybe are more aware of, of the modern NHL, especially when you have a guy like Jeff Gordon there to to help with that so it's, it's, there's no point in having like the one thing we, we talked about with with uh with Bergevin when he was fired and why that maybe like some some of his the people that were below him were expecting to get opportunities for the job but the, everyone they end up cleaning houses because Bergevin ended up by the end and I don't think it's by any fault of his own it just kind of happened after 10 years with the job was kind of just surrounded by yes men people that had the same opinion as him there's no point in having if, if there is three positions to be had, you know, and Jeff Gordon's one of them, then there's the GM and the assistant GM. I mean, ideally I have three people there that have completely different views on or, or some different opinions on how things can go and but they are able to work together, right? There's no point in having, you know, three veteran guys that kind of view the NHL in the same way and all want to make the same you know what I mean? Like like I like having kind of different voices that might have different perspectives on how things should be run. Because that's when you're going to have a team if they can work together correctly. That you're going to have the, the modern NHL. It's 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 different than when it was in the last like ten years and all that. So I, I like the idea of having these young people under Jeff Gordon. That's, I I think that's the best move, especially well, after ten years of Bergman. No, it definitely definitely makes sense. And I mean uh, I mean Dash, you know, he obviously doesn't have a, a great deal of experience, but it's obviously been very successful. Yeah. With with the Lightning, right? So. Under sort of uh, under Breezebois, who's you know sort of one of those those new uh, new wave GMs, right? So, um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he's got a lot of perspective from Breezebois, and and he'll bring sort of an, an another view to to Jeff Gordon, who's been in the league for you know I think like 30 years. So, uh, and you know, I mean, I think Emmanuel Castonguay could 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 add something good to the team as well. I mean, and she could maybe you know to it'll it'll be sort of like you know a, 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 the first step of her potentially getting a GM spot down the road but uh no I, th- I think that that's probably what you're gonna end up seeing i think those that that team of three probably makes the most sense and do you think we we know before the end of the season like because if the interviews are happening this week this coming week do you think then because like, like you said earlier there's 12 days in between games might be the best time to to kind of announce something you know it may, do they want a gm to be in place before these trades start happening too right Instead of having a GM come in after Gorton has already started kind of the rebuild and then it's already Gorton's team and everyone even more would view the, the person coming in as being just kind of uh, a talking head, right? Like, do you want the, the, the GM to be in place before these moves happen? So it, it really drives home the point that it's it's a, it's a unity, it's a team effort, and, and it's not just Jeff Gorton with a French figure to, to make the, the media happy. Yeah, that's actually I didn't, I didn't really ever I didn't really think of it that way. I, I, I just kind of thought you know it'd probably make most sense to do it at the end of the season. But but yeah, that's, that's probably probably a decent point that maybe people would see it that way if if he ends up making all these moves. Um, but I mean, uh, obviously, I'm sure some trades have obviously been discussed. Maybe For maybe sure. pieces are already in place and whatnot. Um, you know, if I mean, I think at, at this point, if he if he well, obviously Jeff Molson's going to be involved, too. If Molson and Gorton feel like they got the best man or woman for the job, then, you know, I, I guess pull the trigger now. But if, if you you know, I, there's really no rush. If you think that maybe there's there's more 
more experienced or better oh, for options sure. could be for had sure. later, then uh, you know, to, don't rush a decision because. Oh, for sure. Like if you interview the, these uh, these eight people, then none of them really seem to to, to fit, or you know, they're, they're kind of disappointing interviews and their their vision of what they think needs to be done. Because I'm assuming these interviews, they have these player, the, the, these people come in and kind of give a bit of a five year plan, a ten year plan, like what 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 they would do with with this situation, you know, like what they would do with with the contracts in place and all that. And and, and if they come in and then Jeff Gordon right away is like, oof, this is this is not like my my vision at all. I agree. Like you don't rush the decision, but. Uh, you you would hope that at least one of these eight people is going to be is going to look good in these interviews. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. But yeah, again, I mean, sure, it would be nice to get someone involved and, and get them involved right off the bat here with sort of this rebuild. I guess we're we're starting right now with the moves that we're going to eventually make over the next month or two. But um, you know, again, there's no reason to rush it. I have a lot of confidence in in what Gordon's doing. And well, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I, I have confidence too. Not that we've gotten to see him do much uh, yet, but uh, I have confidence. I, I kind of hope it happens sooner rather than later, so it's uh, so it's kind of done and it can stop being kind of like a in the conversation, and, and they can they can move forward at the trade deadline and uh, and all all that. Uh, I mean, aside from that, it is it is January first. I feel like we should talk about you know the year that was the the absolute insanity. Of, I mean, we talked about a lot of the lows for this year, but then so so recently the Canadians made it to the Stanley Cup final on on an absolutely incredible run. But like we talked about earlier, just a few months later today, Nick Suzuki, the only guy that started and played every single game in those playoffs that was playing today. I mean, what what is what is your greatest memory from from the last year for the Canadians? I mean, it's definitely Philip Dano scoring on Saint Jean. Yeah, them into the finals. I mean, that. I, I mean, I think that that's got to be my favorite, my favorite memory ever of the Canadians. Yeah. yeah I don't. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 hard to go against that. Really, it's it, it's it just and just walking the streets of Montreal and how it was absolutely mayhem. But like, not like. It wasn't like a crazy riot. It was happy, man. You know, like the, the the as far at least where we were, there were no issues or anything like that. And no one needing. I'm sure some people ended up getting arrested and all that happens every time. But it, it's just, I, I part of me is like every Saint Jean, we should just rewatch that game. You know, for <laughs> moving forward, that's the new Saint Jean tradition. Uh, that's a good idea. Yep. I mean, something's never going to happen again. Obviously, I mean the Canadians. Should not be playing on Saint Jean yeah. in a regular season, but uh, you know that no, that that was that was definitely an amazing memory. But yeah, I mean, the, just the crazy thing about this about 2021 was just the extreme highs to yeah. the extreme lows that we have right now, right? Like just two polarizing opposites of you know, I mean, the, being three wins away from the Stanley Cup to to now where it feels like were decades away from, almost from like another yeah like but that. i mean we're not even at the lowest we've been in my opinion right now like when we first realized that shea weber's career was essentially over carrie price just before the beginning of the season realizing that he's been going through a lot and to take some time away from the nhl and like those types of moments earlier in the like it started right away like it, it, if anything right now i'm more I just feel so removed from that team that made it to the final. Like it's, it feels so far away, but now we're just kind of a rebuilding team in the middle of a year with a lot of injuries and it kind of is what it is. 
But uh, for, for me, what's crazier is more that, like like you said, Philip Dano, was, he's the one who scored. Philip Dano was one of the one of the highlights of that playoff run, like the the, the, the interviews, uh, the the post-game, like with uh, the pizza slices and stuff like that. Those were iconic moments. And then for him to leave right away, and it's just, it's just, it just came and it went, and then it was a completely new team, and then it was done. But like, like it, I don't know, some people like always cup or bust, cup or bust. But now, I mean, for me, that that summer, especially was the first the summer after like a rough winter for COVID with restrictions in Montreal and all that. Like, I'll never forget the memories from that from that year. And every player on that team, you know, will I will look back on fondly for for years to come. You know, and uh, and by the way, we said Dano like. Lekkinen scored the goal, not Dano. Dano had an assist on the goal. I always think that, <laughs> no, I always think that Dano scored it because he's, yeah. he's the one that made the nice play. But yeah, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, and I, I saw, I think it was yesterday, I saw Dano doing an interview on, uh, I forget, I don't know if it was TBS Ball or what it, what it was, but yeah, it was like him talking about like, you know, leaving Montreal and, and 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 it showed a, showed a clip a clip of that goal obviously uh, of the Lekkinen scored not Deno, and uh, and him eating the pizza afterwards and you know saying bon bon saint <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely you know sort of it makes you sad thinking about those well and you know, there the, was the the player in, in Trois I forget who did this but there's someone in Trois Rivières uh, recently got player of the game and skated around the ice with a slice of pizza uh, like obviously paying homage to to Deno and. Uh, and in, in, in that moment, and it just shows you how the, the the silly pizza thing, you know, went went so far for for the Canadians. But like, I don't have any hard feelings for Deno leaving, though. Like, I think it made the most. Like, it doesn't make sense for him to stay in Montreal. Like, I don't think the Canadians are in any better position right now if they have Deno instead of, uh, let's say, Dvorak. You know, like, I don't know. Do they still get Dvorak if they sign Deno? Like, probably not. I don't know. But like, it's just, I just think this is a season that was destined to be to be what it was, and. And the team has to rebuild now, and Dano's doing his thing in LA, and it is what it is. Yeah, no, it's it's no, I definitely uh, definitely don't feel any uh, any ill to, um, you know ill will towards him that for sure. I mean, I definitely definitely miss him, like I'm sure a lot of Habs fans do. But I mean, like you said, I mean, I don't think the Habs would be in any better position than they are, or than they you know than they are right now if they had Dano. Um, but no, it's definitely definitely sad to sad to think. I mean, that uh, so many of them are gone. Like you said, Suzuki was really the only regular on that team that's uh, that was playing. Obviously, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are injured right now. But yeah, it's it's sad to sad to think every time. Uh, like for all the guys that we lost, I mean, Corey Perry. Every time I see him with a yeah. jersey on, just ah, uh, just like a dagger. And then like twice now, he's uh, he's scored big goals against the Canadians. Uh, to, uh, to take a, like the, to, I mean, he scored a tying goal, I think in the last game, uh, to, and then, the, and then the Canadians end up losing in, in, in overtime. And, but we were, we were laughing in our chat where he's doing us a favor because he, he knows <laughs> it's better for Montreal to lose these games. He's, he's still, he's still playing for us. Yeah. I don't know, man. For, for me, like seeing him leave was, was the one that hurt the most. Like, I mean, you know, Dano obviously hurt too. Kaki Nima didn't really care that much, to be honest with you. Tatara was like, yeah, whatever. But, was uh, it because know. he went to Tampa Bay specifically, though? Yeah, that that really hurt. Yeah, I'm gonna lie. I mean, yeah. I mean, Tatar, we knew he was leaving, right? It was obvious he was gonna leave. Dano, we kind of started getting the feeling, but yeah, I, I know what you mean, though. And like every time they play, too, you can like at the first time that that not this last game, but the time before that, 
he he went and like talked to some of the guys after the game. Like even though he was here for only a year, he clearly has a connection with some of these guys on the team. He had a connection with the Caulfield. Like th- there were rumors that he reached out to them when when Caulfield was struggling early in the year and all that. He he was only he only played forty nine games for the Canadians, but I just he was such a big part of the team in that short amount of time. No, he definitely was. I mean, you know, some of the moments that he had in the Cup run too. I mean, uh, remember when I think it was against. Against Winnipeg when he came out from like the dressing room and his and he was like face was full of blood after he I think it was a high stick that he took in the mouth that wasn't called. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah, just a, another one of those memories from uh, from 2021 for sure. So then, who's your MVP of the Montreal Canadiens in the last just in the last calendar year? Uh, it's got to be Carey Price. I mean, really? That's not my answer. Really? Okay. My, my answer is Nick Suzuki. He's been the I mean all the love for for Carey Price. Uh, but just considering the fact that that, that, that that he hasn't played this year at all, and Suzuki's just been the most consistent player game. And I know he struggled a little bit maybe in the first 10 games of this year, but he's just been the, the brightest spot for this team. He represents the future. He he really seems like a like a like a, like a true top six center for the Canadians. He was fantastic in the playoffs and in that in in, in the five games in the final. I I think he was the best player on the Montreal Canadiens. He, he was the one that was was fighting till the very end to to get it done. I I, I don't hate the price pick either. Of course, he, he 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 was the MVP of the playoffs overall. But even this year, when I'm watching, like aside maybe like like you said, the first ten games or so of the season where Suzuki struggled a little bit. It's nice to see, you know, the the young kind of like future of the team in Suzuki still performing well. It, it just it, it those small moments where he does a really nice play, even games that we're losing five to two, reminds me. Okay, there is some positivity moving forward for this team. So the, my pick would be Nick Suzuki. No, definitely not a bad pick for sure. I mean, like you said, I mean he's, you know, in in with the Habs having such a bad season, I mean it it would. It could be pretty easy for uh, easy for him to just sort of mail it in, but you know he's he's not doing that. He's constantly still fighting, and and that's what you want to see, right? No, for sure, for sure. And like, what if what if Carey Price ends up never playing another game for the Montreal Canadiens? Though, like, it's it's so sad to look back on him and Shea Weber. That that's the hardest part when you look back on the on the finals because it's like how absolutely incredibly magical would it have been. For them to somehow claw their way to a win, mainly for those two, because I, I really think the team fought ha- as hard as it did, mainly for those two guys. You know, oh, yeah. no, for sure. Uh, knowing what we know now about Shea Weber, and clearly, like we all remember, um, game at the end of Game Five, how everyone approached Shea Weber when they got eliminated. Finally, it's very obvious that the team knew, like everyone knew, and that yeah. the, the Weber's was really struggling. You know, if only the Islanders could have beat the Lightning in Game Seven, man. Yeah, uh, I think things would have been different. Yeah, I mean, I, I, not that the Islanders would have been an easy beat, but I think it would have been a bit of an. And the thing is, is because the, the Lightning were so close to losing to the Islanders, I think that they showed up to the to the finals. Just they weren't messing around. They they, they were not messing around at all. No, it's uh, anyway. It, it is what it is. Unfortunate. I mean, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, we still have we had a lot of great memories in 2021. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that we're gonna have uh, a whole lot of great, great memories uh, in 2022 though. But 
you know, I got to take it one one game at a time, right? And, I mean, like, if you want to look, if you want to be as positive as possible, like, honestly, I think, because here's the thing. We were talking during the finals run about how, like, we got to enjoy this because I like I didn't see this team making the playoffs this year. Like, I was talking about it in the middle of the finals run, looking at the divisions, like, not being in the Canadian division anymore and how strong the, 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 the division we're in is, like, we're in normally when it's not a COVID season and all that. And like, let's not forget in the last few years, outside of the the playoff runs, like the in the regular season, this has been a bad regular season team, right? That just barely made it into the playoffs. That shouldn't have made it into the playoffs in, in that shortened season initially. And it's just to get that cup run that had no business happening, but was amazing, amazing memories that we'll remember forever. Had to have that Saint Jean game, and then for the team to fall flat this year is almost arguably the best case scenario because. The last thing this team needed now is to just be a middling team for the next three or four years, never getting a top pick and all that. Now we just have to hope that the top three pick that the Canadians get this year, assuming it's a top three pick, you know, yeah. that it actually lands for once. <laughs> you know, that that would be nice. Uh, but I, I, it's realistically with the team that they have here, the the shot was last year and moving forward, like they weren't getting making it back to the final in the next few years. It, the best case scenario was for the team to completely fall flat like it has right now and to get a top pick, and it was just what ha- what's happening. No, that's true. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, we we knew that it it was obviously going to be uh, it it was going to be tough uh, tough for them to get back, but you know, hopefully hopefully at least this time. I mean, with with the way that this season has gone, they've. You know, it's it's not going to be Bergevin doing those those you know those sort of tweaks and 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 just yeah. trying to fill, plug a hole here and there. Um, you know, hopefully they're really going to embrace it this time. And and I mean, I think Jeff Gordon has a has a pretty good track record of of you know putting icing some pretty good teams. Yeah. And, and ter- turning teams around. I mean, just look what he did with the Rangers, right? So. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That the one thing that worries me now, though. Is that the injuries and the COVID list stuff that keeps adding up? Like, let's not forget that this team was bad before the injuries started, right? Like, you know, like, I don't want people to start talking about how, you know, oh, Duchamp deserves another shot, another another season because his team got decimated with injuries. And, and, and like, you know, it was going bad before, like, people started falling off. Like, I get the price wasn't there at the beginning of the year, but Allen was, Allen was playing great. It wasn't his fault that the team was losing. And, and 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 aside from that, you know, the roster was relatively intact. Like that, that's my one worry that the injuries have gotten so bad that people are going to forget or by people. I mean, like the management are going to forget that it, it, it's not because of the injuries of this team's at the bottom. Maybe the, maybe the Canadians would, would be a, a bottom seven team instead of a bottom two team if it wasn't for these injuries, but they'd still be at the bottom. Yeah, you know that if Belgevin was still there, that would be a worry that I would have. But uh, yeah, yeah, good I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, you know they they know how how bad this team is. Um, you know even even when it is completely healthy, I mean I I still don't think they're as bad as um as they played at the beginning of the year. I mean I think uh, the injuries played a big part in that as well. Um, just the injuries carrying over such a short off season that they had, but uh, you know I mean it exposed a lot of holes and and there's obviously a lot of work to do with this team yeah. before. Oh, I mean, especially on the back end, if you ask me too. And 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 the thing too, like you make it sure maybe they weren't as bad, but the best that they were was missing the playoffs in the last game of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, probably. You know, so, and then they lose a first round pick. You know, like that 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 would have been horrible. Like I'd be much more depressed right now about this team if we were fighting for a playoff spot, but realistically we probably weren't going to get it. And then the team ended up just finishing like one or two spots out of the playoffs and end up with no first round pick, or like losing the better first round. Pick, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I I I would be. It would feel way more like 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 the, the like a wasted season than it does now. No, that's true. Uh, definitely. At least we're going to get a good pick out of it. And, uh, you know, it, it might be, you know, it might be a rough two, three years. But, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you take a look at some teams in the past, uh, teams like uh, Pittsburgh that had a rough, a long, rough stretch. Uh, teams like, uh, I mean, uh, really a lot of the best teams in the NHL had some, the, oh, the sure. best teams in the NHL right now, or even some of the dynasties. I mean, they had a lot of bad years and that's oh, how you get the Colorado was atrocious for a while. Now they're incredible. And like all these teams, like Florida was really bad for a long time. Now they have a great team. You know, it, it's always how it goes. But, uh, you know, the Canadians have had that opportunity with top three picks in the past. And, you know, now they, <laughs> they got to make sure that they hit on it now for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's the thing right? that, that, that's why the, I think that's one of that was one of the Jeff Bolson's points when he did fire version is that, you know, you should only get so many opportunities at the top three pick if, it, if, they, if they don't land. No, uh, anyway, so, I mean, uh, overall, even though this season has been atrocious, I think 20, uh, 2021 as a Habs fan, you got to consider it a, like a positive, right? Like oh. we had the best memories of our lives as Habs fans and for anyone who doesn't really remember uh, 93. So it was a positive year if you're a Habs fan. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully, uh, hopefully 2022 is going to bring us some positives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the, 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 main thing I'm focused on the, the, the happiest I could be is if they win the draft lottery, that, that, that would be our, 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 our Saint Jean win to make it to the final this year was it would be winning the draft lottery. That'd be fantastic. That'd be sad. Uh, and, I mean, and speaking of uh, draft picks and all that, I mean, the, the other big news there is to, to talk about is that uh, Logan Mayu, who, of course, uh, was a very controversial pick by the Montreal Canadiens uh, in the in the last draft, not because of his hockey ability, uh, but because of his, uh, you know, personal off ice, you know, issues. I mean, I think we don't need to go into too much detail about what he did. I think everyone who listens to this podcast is, is aware. Uh, he was suspended for the since I mean, the whole season so far he's been reinstated after going through a lot of trainings and the things like that i mean if, if, in just a hockey sense i mean it's a positive that he's going to get get to get back on the ice now that this team has a completely new management group i have i i, I really don't know what's going to happen with that pick honestly yeah, it's, it's gonna be man, it's gonna be interesting he he definitely has to step it up and play and play really well um because if he doesn't you know, show in the, in his play at least that he deserves deserve to be that first round pick. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, cause, I mean, like you said, I mean, this 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 management group obviously has no attachment whatsoever to him. Yeah. So he's gonna, you know, it's it's gonna be up to him to prove them. Well, you know, to to basically prove that that he deserves to to get a contract in the in the next year or two. And it's it's not only the on ice thing, right? He, like he's he's said he's going to continue the personal development plan and and and, and things like that. Uh, what whatever that means, I mean, it's it's hard to really like like obviously people deserve second chances and all that, but it's it's like I I'm, I'm really not clear to me what exactly these personal development plans are and 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 all that. I mean, it seems like the team is, is paying attention to it and all that, but now we'll just have to see how he is on the ice. But, but you make a good point though. If, 
it, he would need to be a surefire kind of talent or else it's not worth it the, or else the headache isn't worth it right no exactly i mean uh, yeah because he's obviously going to be him being around the organization is going to be a headache for sure i'm sure <laughs> so uh you know they're, they're going to be half, having to talk about it all the time it's going to be I mean, you know, on everybody's mind so i wouldn't be surprised let's say he does play amazingly Right, like, like who knows? Because this also can affect his his play, right? Like, your how things are going off the ice. Who, like, he's gonna, like, he's probably gonna get booed constantly everywhere he plays, and, and things like, like, it, it's not gonna be necessarily. Not that we should feel bad for him. But I'm just saying that, like, mentally and all that, it might not be the easiest. Like, he might not perform well. But let's if he does perform well, and and you're this new GM group, and he becomes like a kind of a, like a top prospect in the NHL. Like if if it's me, if you can't, if there is a team that's willing to trade for him, like why not trade him away, and just get 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 rid of the that that whole thing, and then if if you can get some assets back, and then you can just move on from it. And it wasn't a wasted pick, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what what happens with him, and uh, obviously all eyes are gonna be on him. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's up to, uh, it's up to him to prove on and off the ice that. Uh, but- that's a good point like that's the thing like when he plays his first few games there's gonna be highlights of his games on 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 sports center and all that like games that usually get no attention at all are going to be talked about you know so i mean yeah let's see how he handles it because it's uh (laughs) there's gonna be a it's even worse because it's the canadian team plus the montreal canadians so we'll we'll see how it goes It's, it's still such a weird thing to talk about honestly yeah, it's uh yeah we'll see how it uh, we'll see what transpires. Uh, and uh, I mean, aside from that, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of prospect news or anything to talk about. I mean, I think there's been a lot of COVID slowdowns in uh, in, in the world of hockey. Unfortunately, it's not just affected in uh, in the NHL. And is there anything else you wanted to to talk about? I mean, you know, obviously pretty unfortunate that World Juniors got canceled. I mean, yeah, of course. Had you know, Caden Gooley was captain of Team Canada. Yeah, and Mysak, that was captain of uh, Czechia, the Czech Republic, who are apparently called Czechia. Czechia? What, yeah, are you serious? Yeah, the S. I thought, I thought you just made a mistake there. I was going to make funny. <laughs> I, I didn't hear that. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know where the hell that came from, but apparently they're called Czechia now. And uh, and obviously, well, Oliver Kapanen, who plays uh, who played with Finland as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Rocket uh, are going to be getting going soon here too. Trois uh, Rivières is is playing amazing. I mean, you know, a lot a lot better than they started off. So, I mean, you know, there's some positive, but obviously, I mean, they're, they're with all the call ups from the Canadians, it's uh, it's being pretty complicated for both those teams. Sure. I can't. I can only imagine. And, and you're uh, right, by the way. On Google Maps, it says Czechia. Yeah, no, I don't know what, what the hell that it's happened. It's still the Czech Republic, but I guess now they have a nickname, which is kind of adorable that a country gave itself a nickname. But uh, yeah, Czechia. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean, I guess I guess on our side, um, you know, I mean, uh, the our our New Year's resolution could be to do the podcast more often <laughs> to try to do it every week. I mean, we'll see how many games there even are. Is uh, is is the thing? Uh, I mean. But obviously, if if when once the move starts happening, the GM hires start happening, and all that will be uh will be more uh more present uh that's for sure. But uh, I don't I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. It's 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 a silly thing. I don't need extra pressure on my life, Dustin. 
<laughs> okay. Because you already have so much pressure. I know. My, oh, such a difficult life. But, yeah, I mean, we, we're not going to go a month during the season without – look, we would have recorded earlier. I was sick for, like, two weeks. I mean, luckily, I didn't have I didn't have COVID. I just had a cold. But, you know, it's just – it's not fun to record a podcast when you have a headache and your throat hurts and, and, and you have a cold, okay? So just, you know, I'll, I will take the blame. You've been asking me to do an episode, like – every other day for the past few weeks and I keep just putting it off to the next day. So you're, you're on me. annoying enough already. So what was that? Your voice is annoying enough. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So anyway, so I mean that, uh, I think that does it for, uh, for this week and yes, we'll try to be more consistent. Of course. I mean, if there is news with these interviews with the GM and all that, we're for sure going to come back and talk about that. But and who knows? Like, I, like, I don't know. Are they going to reschedule some games in the next 12 days? If they do, then maybe we'll we'll do an episode then. But as always, at the Habs form on Twitter is where you can know uh, when the next episode is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that does it for today. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.